You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, hello there, everyone. I am Johnny Christ, and this is Drinks with Johnny. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Hope everyone is staying safe and healthy out there. Before we get things going, though, a couple of quick announcements. Uh, Drinks with Johnny is going to be going live this Thursday, 4 p.m. Pacific, and every Thursday thereafter for the unforeseeable future. That's going to be just me coming on and saying hi to everyone. I'm going to show everyone how to make a quick cocktail and then uh, open it to a little Q&A. And just check it on all of you. Make sure everyone's happy and safe. Um, and, you know, getting entertained by uh, yours truly here at Drinks with Johnny. Um, also, you can... Uh, you're, so if you head over to YouTube channel, that's Drinks with Johnny on YouTube, and uh, hit the subscribe button, hit the bell notification sign, because, you know, I'm going to go live every Thursday for sure at 4 p.m., but uh, I have a little sneaky suspicion that I will probably be going... Uh, live other times as well so you're not going to want to miss that Uh, I might even come on with a few guests you never know Um, so make sure you uh, head over to the YouTube channel and subscribe there hit the bell notification sign uh, button rather and uh, yeah Uh, also uh, there has been a Thirsty Thursday newsletter for some of you that know Um, that's just if you go to drinkswithgiant.com and gl- scroll all the way down and sign up for the newsletter. You'll also get a promo code uh, for all the merch, which is actually on hold right now. So, uh, you know, save the coupon. Save your money. Um, if you have the means, uh, go ahead and donate to someone in need right now. Um, you know, we don't need any money here. Just uh, su- subscribing and following is, is more than enough right now for us. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Facebook. And Instagram drinks with Johnny um, pretty simple now into this week's episode I am joined by two awesome awesome Hall of Famers uh, the million dollar man Ted DiBiase and hacksaw Jim Duggan this is actually filmed back in early February uh, before uh, well shit hit the fan um, so it was before we were practicing social distancing and, and uh, safer at home protocol we actually filmed in the back of my SUV I had a driver um, drive us around the block a few times, and uh, yeah, we got to catch up and have a good chat, and I got to learn a little bit more about these guys. I mean, I really only knew them from uh, my childhood, watching the WWF at the time, and uh, their their careers there and through WCW, um, obviously. Big fan, so it was really great to get to know the men behind these characters, um, and we just had a blast. They were absolutely fun and hilarious. A uh, couple of guys, very unexpectedly funny, 
and uh, it was it was a great breath of fresh air to be able to hang out with these guys. Uh, hope they're all doing well and get to work with them again in the future. We just had an absolute blast. Um, also, I want you to make sure you stick around to the very end. I've got a nice little treat for you right there at the end, um, so make sure you uh, stick around and check that out. Um, so without further ado, I bring you the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, and Hacksaw, Jim Duggan. Hey, what's up, everybody? I am Johnny Christ. Welcome to Drinks with Johnny. I am joined here by the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. Great to be with Johnny. Great, great to have you, man. Good to be here. So uh, we were just having a little chat here in the car, and I wanted to, you know, start this thing off, kind of going from the beginning. You you were uh, adopted by Iron Mike DiBiase, correct? That's correct. And um, what was that like? Like, what was? Well, how old you know, were you? When you I, I was I was five years old when Mike came into my life, and my mother. And my biological father had divorced when I was two. Mm. My biological father was a professional singer. Oh, he wow. Was a, he, was a, he had a beautiful, deep bass voice. He was a backup singer for Tennessee Henry Ford. Wow. So that's and, where you got the voice. Yeah, that's where that's I got, where you got the, the voice. But un unfortunately, I, I couldn't carry a tune if it had handles <laughs> on it. But everybody said I should do, uh, you know, like voiceovers and maybe cartoons and stuff. But uh, uh, anyway, <clears throat> I have the voice, but I, I can't sing. Mm. Uh, and um, that was something I, you know, I, I think about that sometimes. I go, you know what? I wonder if I had started when I was very young that I could have taken that somewhere. Mm. And I, I don't know. But music for me has always been, it's like I can hear a song, you know, and I, you know, I, you know, I listen to a lot of rock and roll, uh, you know, the 60s, the, the 70s. I think I was 12 years old when the Beatles hit it. Okay. You know, and, uh, so there, as I go through my life, and I'll, I'll hear a song from an era, and I can tell you where I was. It's like what what grade I was in at the time, or, or, you know, pretty close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I associate a lot sense. of things with 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 music. But anyway, uh, but Mike, uh, Mike, and my mom got married in uh, 1959. Okay. And I was five years old, and into my life comes this bigger than life guy who's. Uh, professional wrestler, but Mike was not just a professional wrestler. Uh, you know, he went in the Navy, uh, World War II. Oh, wow. And, uh, and wrestling for the Navy in 1946, won the AAU National Heavyweight Wrestling title. Okay. Then post-Navy, he went to college and he lettered at Nebraska eight times, four years in wrestling, four in football, uh, three years in a row was conference heavyweight champion. So. so. Pretty, pretty uh, he athletic. was, he, yeah, very, and and, yeah. and uh, of course, you know, DBS in Italian name, and but Mike was only like five eleven. Okay. Like five eleven. You, know, you say only five eleven. You just uh, met me. I'm five well, six. Well, okay. <laughs> but I mean, it's like you know, here's this guy. He's got a twenty two inch neck. You know, great big yeah. thighs on him, uh, and uh, but he was he was a great dad, uh, and just a big inspiration in my life, and so. Uh, I wanted to do the things that he did. I wanted to play football. I wanted to wrestle. I wanted to, I wanted to emulate him. And uh, those, you pretty much did, right? Because then you in college, you you did uh, some college football and wrestling. Yeah, right? I well, you know, and uh, I only got to wrestle in high school one year. Okay. We were in Nebraska, and we left Nebraska after my ninth grade freshman year of high school. And we went to Texas, and this is like 1969. And that's, I mean, we were in Texas for a, a month. And he has a heart attack in the ring and dies. Oh, in mid-ring, huh? Yeah, my whole life changed. Uh, That's brutal. Moved back to uh, southern Arizona. A little town, very small town called Wilcox. Uh, and 
brother, I'm telling you, we're talking three traffic lights. Okay. This is where yeah. my mother's parents, my small. grandparents <laughs> lived. Now, they were also from Nebraska, but my grandmother had rheumatoid arthritis, and they said, move to a dry climate. So she goes out and she takes this truck stop. She, you know, a hardworking woman, 24-hour truck stop, she ran. And, but I landed, landed back in this little town. I was familiar with Wilcox because I was there from the age of two to five. Yeah, and, yeah, with, with my grandmother. Well, my mom was, you know, and again, not only was my dad a wrestler, my mother was a, a lady wrestler. That's what I heard. Yeah. That's, that's, that's incredible. That's, so that's, it was, and that's how they met. Wow. So, yeah, so I was a kid that didn't get in trouble very much. No, <laughs> I couldn't right. imagine you wanted to yeah. do with that. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, so things went well for me. And then uh, when I got to this little town, I, was, I looked around and going, gosh, can my dreams come true here? And, uh, you know, the other thing, my, you know, my dad instilled in me a lot of good values. Uh, he came out of a very poor ethnic neighborhood, Little Italy in Omaha, Nebraska. And uh, he said, you know, don't follow the crowd. They says, you know, that's easy. He says, be, be a leader, not a follower. You know, he says, be the head, not the tail. Gotcha. And uh, and he says, you, you can you. you can be anything you want to be if you're willing to pay the price. He says, because nothing in life that's really worth having is going to be free. And the only things that you'll appreciate in life are the things that you really busted your butt for. And it kind I, of puts I, another perspective on oh, everybody's got a price, though. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, it really does. And uh, uh, of course, and I use that now, now that I'm, I'm a minister, that's a whole other story, but um, I, I had a faith in God when I was young. And so, you know, everything was great. I ended up coming out of this little high school in Arizona with a scholarship to play college football. Uh, you know, I ended up going to West Texas State, which is, not, not, not everybody knows, there's a bunch of wrestlers that came out of there, largely due to the influence of the funk family. I was going to ask about that. Yeah. I, I did hear about this. So like, uh, and, and I just was uh, speaking with uh, Mick Foley, who was a huge Terry Funk fan and, yeah. and, and it was kind of taken under his wing. I was just having a conversation with him a couple right. of weeks ago. Um, so, so you knew Terry and the funk family very early on. Right? Oh, I mean, I mean, they're almost like, they are to me, they are family. When, uh, when Terry's wife died last April, uh, I went there for the funeral and Terry, asked me if I would do the eulogy for his wife. Wow. And uh, I was happy to do it. Um, yeah, that's, but that's I'd known them all. I'd, I'd known them all my life. But uh, so when I went back to Arizona, I didn't see any wrestling for like three years. And I had already signed a letter of intent to play at Arizona, the University of Arizona. And so, but it was just a conference letter of intent. And so wrestling comes on one day. I hadn't seen any wrestling for three years. And it was the show out of Texas. And they were coming to Tucson. Okay. So I went to see them. Uh, they and the fungus. I uh, hadn't seen them in three years. Terry talked me into taking a recruiting trip back to uh, West Texas State, and that's all it took. That's all. That's all it took yeah, because okay, you know. I mean, that was you know. It's like I'm I'm going to get I'm going to get to play football, and I'm going to be I get to near get get to be near my second love, which turned out to be my first love. Okay. Uh, yeah. Was, <laughs> yeah. Was, was was wrestling? wrestling yeah. Uh, you know. Uh, you know, I, so I, was that influences from your dad? Uh, from, yeah. from your dad, basically, you just seen it all the time. You, you yeah, kind of always wanted. Yeah, to do I always that, wanted right? to do that. I, I would emulate him. I mean, when I was a kid, I, I'd, I'd take a, a a brush and stand in front of a mirror in my bedroom and cut promos. <laughs> <laughs> That's fabulous because I because I did the same thing, but I never became a professional wrestler. <laughs> I think a lot of people can uh, definitely. 
sympathize with that or, yeah. or have that same story rather where they were, you know, everyone grabbed the shampoo bottle or something <laughs> like that and yeah, started cutting right. promos, you know. And then only people like you got to really do it, right? <laughs> yeah. And so I go, I go to West Texas State. I, I, I have completed, I completed three years college. I've got one year of college left. In the summer between my junior and senior year, another guy who I highly respect as a wrestler was Dick Murdoch. Mm. Uh, and again, he came out of that same culture. His home was Amarillo. His father also, uh, Frankie Hill Murdoch, was a professional wrestler. And Dick was a great talent, and he he says to me, he says, I'm going to what was then called Mid-South, which was yeah. Bill Watts' territory, which was all of Oklahoma, Arkansas, Louisiana, and Mississippi. Yeah, I was watching some uh, some, some footage from those times. Yeah. It was, uh, th those were some pretty fun fun wrestling matches I saw you in there. I mean, and, and I learned a lot from Bill Watts in terms of the psychology of wrestling, but I was only going to wrestle for the summer. That was it. You know, and I just, just to test it. That's what he said. He says, you, you, you know, you might not, you know, you might try it and not like it. Well, I tried it and I loved it. <laughs> and I and actually, and everybody's saying, kid, you're going places. You're going to be good. Yeah. And so I did the most stupid thing I ever did is I didn't go back and finish my last year of college. Okay. And I stayed and I, I just kept wrestling by the grace of God. I, I never got hurt or, you know. Would it worked out. To, but it it put, worked out. Yeah, yeah I, have, I, I, I actually I dropped out of high school to join the rock band I'm currently in. Wow. And uh, I haven't gone back to finish it. <laughs> 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 I got to say, it's worked out pretty it's well. I'm out. sitting in, in my car with uh, uh, Ted DiBiase right now, so I hey. can't hate the, the process. Well, you know what, brother? And but I you're tell right. You, you sometimes, probably should have finished it. I, I tell you, though, I, I, I think sometimes that college is overrated. I mean, I don't think college is for everybody, mm -hmm. uh, you know, because there's a lot of, you know, it's like there was an old English wrestler. His name was uh, Ted Heath. And he said, brick and mortar, son, brick and mortar. He says, yo, I said, what's brick and mortar? He says, well, it's a, a British term where like, you always want to get into a, a, a job that people are going to need. In other words, we're always yeah. going to need plumbers, electricians, carpenters, uh, <laughs> morticians. Yeah, yeah. And not to <laughs> be too gruesome, but yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and so, uh, you know, um, and, you know, trades, you know, like uh, mechanics and things like that. Uh, so I think, you know, college is for some people, but I don't think it's for everybody. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I, I, I did well, and, 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 I, and, I, and I was also, I guess it was just a blessing that I was, that when I first started, I was exposed to so many good wrestlers and largely due to Bill Watts bringing these guys into his territory. And so I stayed in Mid-South uh, for a year. Uh, then I went, to, I went back to Amarillo, mm -hmm. and I stayed there for a little while. I went to Kansas City for almost a year, uh, then back to, back to Mid-South, and then I went to Georgia the first time, uh, which, which is when I met my, my wife, Melanie. Mm. And then I went back to Mid-South again, Wow. Uh, and went back to Georgia one more time, and then well, and, back and, and forth. Yeah, there. And, 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 well, that was the territorial days, you know. Yeah. You, you you would move around a lot. Uh, so it was you know, I think it was October of '84 when uh, Vince was starting to move with the 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 new with WrestleMania and all that stuff. And he and Ted Turner had potentially made a deal, which everybody now knows. No, didn't happen. You know, went south. <laughs> but uh, Pat Patterson came in the in the dressing room at the okay. TV show one day, and I was there. I was working for George Championship Wrestling at the time. 
tells everybody, don't worry, you got a job, nobody's getting fired. And I got Pat off to the side, and Pat and I knew each other. And I said, Pat, I said, you and I both know there's a difference between having a job and having a position. Yeah. And I said, all the positions seem to be taken right now. I said, so I'm going to go back to work for Bill. And, uh, you know, when one of those positions come available, you know. Give me a holler. You know, give me keep a me holler. In, keep me in mind. Yeah, keep me in mind. And so that's when I went back to uh, Mid-South, and uh, that was in 84. And uh, you were there for a few more years before you go like, back like to three years, get that position. Like three, three years. And through most of that time, were you, uh, uh, you were at least at the beginning from what I saw, more of a baby face for a while in there. Yes. Which uh, for yeah. my era was surprising to, yeah. to, to find out because I, you know, always saw the, right. the heel million dollar man. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and again, in Mid-South, um, the other thing that was remarkable about, about Bill was so smart. He was the first promoter uh, to feature as one of his main stars, a black guy, mm. Junkyard Dog. Yeah, Junkyard Dog was not really a, so much a great wrestler as he was a great personality. Mm -hmm. He was the best on the microphone and just so much energy. And so... Uh, I have to say that's kind of my favorite stuff about professional wrestling, too. I love the in-ring stuff, don't get me wrong, yeah. but... I, I always love the promos, the, the, the guy, when you're behind the mic, that's yeah. that, that storytelling aspect of professional wrestling right. is what I always gravitate towards when I right. go back and watch stuff. And, and so, and that's, that's what JYD was. Mm -hmm. And so I used to tease him. I said, you know what, uh, you know, you roll your wheelbarrow out there, you know, you uh, shake your booty a little bit, you howl at the moon. <laughs> and I said, five minutes later, the, the, the match is over and you're making all the money. <laughs> He's working and smarter, not harder. So, as so they say. <laughs> Ernie Ladd was the booker for Bill Watts, uh -huh. the big cat Ernie Ladd. And Ernie said to me, because I was one of the only guys that was traveling out of the territory at all, because I was going back and forth to St. Louis and um, making a trip every year to Japan. And so he said, "Be looking around, because we need, we need a new heel. We need somebody for you and Dog." Yeah. And so I said, "Okay, Ernie, I'll be, I'll be looking around." And then it just hit me one day. Why don't I? And I went and knocked on his door. I said, Ernie, <laughs> I said, I found your heel. I said, he said, who? I said, you're looking at him. <laughs> so how was it? How was, oh, man. So speaking of, so we don't need to go into how it turned and everything, yeah. but I, I saw a match actually with you and a good buddy of yours, uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, where you guys were yeah. a three-way tag match and, and turned on, or it was a tag match and JYD was involved and, and Hacksaw comes out in a gorilla suit of some sort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was a fair going on at the time. In in the it, it was like it was something like we we did our TV's shows in this building that was on the the fairgrounds of of Shreveport, Louisiana, and so the fair was going on, and so they the, the way they did it, you know, so the he says, yeah, you know, we got a we got a gorilla here, and he, you know, he had he had helium balloons, you know, he's. You know, he's part of the local fair, you know, yeah. <laughs> so he's here handing out balloons to the little kids and all that stuff. Yeah. And it was, and it was, you know, it was Duggan. That's so rad. And so at, the, at whole the right time minute, hanging out. at the right minute, the, the gorilla <laughs> so, I mean, turns on Junkyard Dog. And, I love those kind of stories too. Yeah. Like that's like the, the behind, you know, behind you guys are obviously having fun with this too. You yeah. know, you're, uh, what, what was traveling like for you? Are you having fun most of the, most of the time, you know, just, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, you know, it's kind of like rock and roll. And it's like, it's, you, you have to love it to do it. Absolutely. You have to love it to do it, you know. Uh, and, you know, I use that term sometimes because, especially when I got to the WWF, as it was known then, you know, uh, 
we weren't just traveling the territory. We were traveling the whole country. Mm-hmm. We were traveling overseas. And I, and I, I use that term as we were traveling like rock stars. And I said, you know, and of course, the other thing is I said, man, we were living like rock stars. Yeah, okay. Next town, next show, next party. Yeah, I you got know, you. And yeah. it's kind of like, you know, and again, I, it's hard know, to I, manage I, that I try too. and I try. Yeah. And I try to tell people, I said, you know, you look at people that are famous and, you know, yeah, you know, when 80,000 people Wembley Stadium, that's a huge thrill. But what those people don't see is when, when that, that show or that rock show is over, you go back to an empty hotel, four walls mm-hmm. and a TV, yeah. your family's not there, uh, you know. It's brutal. It oh, can be brutal. Yeah, it can. I mean, it, the, the highs are high and the lows are lows, as yeah. they say. And, you know, but for me, I... I'm I'm addicted to the road at this point. Like when, yeah. when I'm home for you know it's and it's a catch twenty two. When I'm out on the road for a while, I miss my family. I want to go back, and then, you know. And then when I'm home a couple of weeks later, I'm like, all right, twiddling my thumbs. I need to get I need to get back out there. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, was that was it was it well, like that for well, you? Or did you love well, the road, or did you just love wrestling? Well, I I loved wrestling. Okay. I re- I really did, and and of course the road came along with the wrestling. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, once you know you know. You know, once I, I met Melanie, I mean, I, I genuinely fell in love. Mm-hmm. And, and again, part of my story, I don't know how much of my story you know, I said, but part of my story is, is that I got caught in infidelity. And, 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 and in, in the moment when I realized that I had put the most valuable thing in my life, number one, my wife, not only my wife, but the future and the stability and the peace of mind of my children mm-hmm. at risk, all to stroke the ego. Yeah. You know, it, it was it was it was the most miserable moment of my life, you know, and I really thought that I was going to lose her. Uh, by the grace of God, uh, I got a break, I got a second chance, and I took that chance and I ran with it and it it, it, it literally changed my life. I, I grew up uh, as a Christian and then I just I fell away. I fell away and I got into the you know, and again, I love wrestling. There's nothing, you know, just like you love rock and roll. Uh, and I loved what I did in the ring, you know, I said, but the lifestyle that came along with it was dangerous. And, and it's like, and, and, uh, it, it comes down to me. I tell guys all the time is accountability. Mm. You know, I said, you know, you need accountability when you're, when you're out there like that. I said, because when you're a celebrity, you don't have to look for trouble. It comes knocking on your oh, door. Oh yeah, absolutely. It finds you. Yeah. You gotta, it's, you gotta be, you gotta do your diligence to not be a part of that. Exactly. It's, it's, it's harder. It's a harder lifestyle to not be a part of that when right, you're out on the road. Right. And, you know, and, and again, you know that, I know that. And, and even though we did different things, it, it's basically, it's, it's still the same. It's, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're, we're fighting the same things. And so it's, you know, you get that, once you get that accountability into your life. That's why uh, I feel I have really good conversations with professional wrestlers, other athletes and other guys in bands, because we have been through very similar ways of traveling right. in that and that lifestyle and uh we know how much yeah what it what it entails and how much of it is fun and how much of it is miserable and everything in between you know right um yeah. and i go and at the end of the day though it's like you know just pick any job you know i would i would guess that anybody at any job they they do what they do because they love what they do mm-hmm. but even though they love what they do there are always things that come along with any job that you don't like no i mean that's just life in general it's right? balancing <laughs> it's, it's 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 i guess what you would call stewardship mm-hmm. you know uh, how are you going to balance all of those things and and uh stay on the straight and narrow yeah well 
we got we got through a little bit of the the early stuff with the with the mid south and everything like that. And then I I wanted to ask you more of my era, the stuff that I grew up with, the Million Dollar Man. And um, now, if I'm if I'm correct, Vince McMahon was the one that came up with this gimmick, correct? Yes. And it was and it kind of all clicked. I heard uh, Bruce Pritchard say when a story about Vince McMahon being on a plane and paying a guy off to stop smoking. Do you, are you familiar with this story? Yeah, I mean, and see, Bruce, Bruce and I are very good friends. I knew Bruce ever since, because he, he used to, uh, he, he got into the wrestling through being, working for Paul Bosch, when Paul Bosch owned Houston okay. as, a, as a, an entity there. Uh, and so uh, Bruce and I um, were very good friends, uh, you know, and, and he, he told me the story about, you know, Vince, Says by saying, "Look, I'm going to prove to you, you know, everybody's got, got a price." price. Yeah. And so they're on, they're sitting in first class. So this is back when you could still smoke on an airplane. And so the guy, you know, lights up a cigarette, you know, and 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 uh, Vince says, "You know, excuse me, but you know, I think that smoke is killing me. You know, like, uh, uh, would you mind putting it out?" And he says, "Well, I'm sorry, pal, but you know, you know, pay for like, the seat, this pay is for what the I seat, do. what I want to do." And so, you know, says, well, how about if I give you a hundred bucks? And so, yeah, I'm sorry, man, I, you know. And so then he goes, how about if I give you 200 bucks? You know, he says, look, man, you know, I'm going to, you know. I'm on, gonna, I'm on a flight, I'm this on is a what flight. I do. This is what I do. <laughs> so then he says, and then, then he says, how about if I give you $500? And he puts out the cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> and Vince looks at Bruce and goes, see? Yeah. You know, everybody's got a price. And so, uh. So that was the essence of the character. And when he described it to me, he also said, you know, he said, well, you know, Teddy says, like, one thing everybody hates is somebody by virtue of their wealth thinks they're better than everybody, looks down their nose at people, you know, and looks at them like they're, like they're trash and thinks he can buy anybody or anything. And, uh, you know, and he said, he said, really what those kind of people are, they bully people with their wealth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he said, everybody hates bullies. It's a good and deal. I, you know, and I, oh yeah. And I said, you know, and I, I started laughing. I said, I can't guy, I can't stand guys like that myself. <laughs> and so that's the essence of the character. And so he had seen me wrestle. He had seen me as a heel. And I, I carried myself in much that same fashion because, you know, that's the, it's a type of heel. Yeah. You know, in wrestling, there's 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 the tough guy heels, like, you know, uh, Stone Gold was a tough guy. A tough guy heel is eventually gonna be a baby face. Yeah. Because people love tough guys. Yeah. But go through uh, that adversity enough. That's what they want to see. Know, that, that's the storyline. Excuse that. the terminology, but what we would call the chicken <laughs> heel is the bully who, you know, he talks big. I mean, he's got talent. He can wrestle and he talks real big and he runs his mouth, but he never picks on anybody his own size. Yeah. Yeah. He picks it, you know, or, you know, like most bullies or they run in packs. And then when he's confronted, he becomes a coward. Yeah. And so you never get tired of seeing that guy no, get his butt kicked. Yeah, never. Absolutely. And so he said, that's the essence. And he, so he said, you carry yourself well, you interview well. He says, I think you can really pull this thing off. And that's what then that's when he laid out the all the other stuff. He says, yeah, gonna, when you hear this and and, oh. and you're processing it, you're are you excited about this character you're about to play? And like like what's your yeah. preparation? I mean, you now you you've got the one line, everyone's got a price, but now you gotta you gotta cut promos, you got all this stuff to do where you're gonna have to embody this well character. And, right? and, and and the thing was, it's like uh nothing about my wrestling style. Or the way I interviewed changed because it was that that was already there. Mm-hmm. It's like 
the, the change was me putting on this costume, you know, and, 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 and this figure, you know, the, the, the suit with the dollar signs and all that stuff. But, you know, uh, I don't think any, I don't think that much, that much else changed, changed in terms right of, in, in terms of pro promos though. I mean, you now the, the lingo changed in, into that, you know, you know, I became, I, it was more like, you know, it's kind of like, you know what, uh, um, you know what? You know what's? I can't remember what the line was coming. It's like you know the difference between you and me is 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 you know I'm rich and you're not. You know? <laughs> yeah, and then the laugh. And, oh, that's, and, the and, laugh was my favorite, by the way. Every time, I'm sure you get that all the time. But yeah. that, that's such a signature laugh. And the way that happened, I mean, that laugh is is it's really an exaggeration of the way I laugh. Yeah. And and so I happened to laugh like that after a promo. This was back when we were cutting promos every three weeks for all the cities we were going to be in for the next three weeks. Mm. And as I did, Vince happened to be walking by the room where we were doing the promos, and he heard me, and he stuck his head in the door, and he goes, that's it. That's the million-dollar man. I want to hear that laugh every time you, you finish a promo. Wow. Uh, and so that's incredible. it became the trademark. And... Uh, um, and you know, the other thing, then he says, you know, he says, here's what we're going to do. We're going to try to make the public believe you're really that guy. Yeah. And that's when he's, you know, like first class airfare, limousine service every day. Yeah, I love uh, seeing these promos that you guys, yeah. that you were making in the million dollars. They were, they were, the, you clear out a pool full of kids so that you, get, you, you buy all the kids out and so you can have the pool to yourself at the suites. <laughs> I mean, this is some ridiculous yeah. stuff. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Kick a honeymoon couple out of the out of the honeymoon suite because yeah. it's the best room in the hotel. And, or the kid with the basketball out uh, of the, out of the oh, crowd. Oh, yeah. That's the one I hear about all the time. I'm sure. I, 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 yeah. and, and in reality, all those people, all those people in, in the live events at the TVs, those old people, even though... It, on TV, they didn't get it. They all got the money. Oh yeah, they, okay, they, yeah. they all they all did. But the kid in the basketballs we want to hear about all the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was crying. He, 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 yeah, he, yeah. Because yeah, I didn't it, know you that know. you see that was so genuine too. Because in my head, I'm like, oh, they prepped the guys too. It's like, no, they you guys didn't talk to, the, to at least this kid. Probably well, we we did rehearse it, but oh, in, in rehearsal, you know, I wasn't hardcore. Oh, that's you what know. It was. And okay. So, so you know, when I had to, when I got hardcore with him, it's just scared him. Yeah. He started cranking, not any better. Oh, yeah. I remember getting back in the back, and everybody was just going, oh, that was the best ever. I said, I'm glad you're all happy, and I'll find an armored vehicle to get me out of the building. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, man. Well, that was, you know, that was uh, back in the day, too, where that, that, that was like a real, like, a lot of people, um, you know, the, the, the storylines and everything were, were so real to them that they would, they would lash out. Like, famously, Jake, Jake the Snake had to get stitches one night when some little old lady took mm. a razor blade to him yeah because she she hated him so hit the jake the snake character so much right right and uh you know it it was those you know those times were even they were even worse before wwf because you know by by the time you know vince had announced publicly yes we're sports entertainment uh but back in what we call the territorial days where I, you know when all those territories mm -hmm. We, you know, we understood anybody that watches wrestling long enough, especially if they've ever been in a real fight or, or an athlete, okay, okay, wait a minute, you know, mm -hmm. maybe this isn't all real. Uh, but a lot of people took it real serious. And, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it was a, even Bill Watts as a promoter would say, he said, uh, you heels, just remember, you know, if, if you get in a real fight and you get your butt kicked, you're fired. 
<laughs> you know, so, uh, You're fired. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but I had to like events like that. Uh, I was actually having a match with Jim Duggan in Jackson, Mississippi, where I, I live now for 35 years. Oh, wow. And uh, the uh, there was this one little old lady at ringside, and she just, she was always in the same seat. And she just hated me and all the bad guys. But I mean, I would, I just had fun with her. I'd go out there and she'd start screaming and yelling at me, and I'd shake my finger at her and stick oh, yeah. my nose out <laughs> at her, and do all that stuff. That's so the fun stuff, man. Me and me and Jim are having the match, and we do some something, and he gets me going and everything. And, and so I run and I slide out of the ring and I back up to the to the barricade, and all of a sudden there's this searing pain in my right buttock, oh. and I turn around like I'm going to smack somebody. And it's that, lady, that little old lady. She stuck me in the butt with a hat pin about that long. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, but when I You're realized. you hit the cheek, it, though. Let's oh, go. Oh, yeah. But I, when I realized it was her, I mean, I realized, you know, I brought this all on. Yeah. But, yeah. And I, but so I, then what I do, I put her over. Uh, yeah. I just grabbed it and started running around the ring. Everybody <laughs> broke up laughing. Duggan, Duggan was having a, you know, he broke up laughing. Oh, that's fantastic. Yes, rock everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimbut the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much. We'll be seeing you. Oh man. So yeah, you've had some, you know, classic batches, you know, a lot of them with Jim, as you mentioned and stuff, you know. Um, most of those though, you were even when you're teamed, you were you were a heel at those times. Like, did you prefer the heel characters or the babyface characters? Once I became a, a heel, uh, I liked it uh, for a couple. Of, I like it. I mean, traditionally speaking, that if you're the heel, you're the guy leading the match. Mm. You're calling the shots in the ring. Uh, uh, the other reason I liked being the heel was it was so not me. Mm-hmm. It was it was, it was, so, a, it was of, yeah. so, so something other than my real personality, and 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 I just found it a lot of fun to be that. Yeah, you know, so <laughs> much much more fun to project a character that's not anything like yourself than than to, you know, I guess you know. And the other thing about it, I guess you know, baby faces, you know, uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of like there's some baby faces. It's just a business they get it, but sometimes it's kind of like guys you uh, read their own headlines. Oh, okay. You know, like, you know, they start, they, <laughs> Getting a little full they of start believing who they are. And uh, the the, the superheroes and stuff. Yeah. Well, you, that makes a lot of sense though for you because you are such a nice person. We've, I've, I've only heard wonderful things about pre- previously to the today meeting you. One of them was Conrad Thompson. I think we mentioned uh, before we started filming here, um, has his podcast 83 weeks and uh, with Eric Bischoff. And he mentioned he has the Starcast thing. You went out and, saw, and yeah. uh, did that with him. What was that like for you? Oh, it was great. It, yeah. it was great, you know, and, uh, you know, and Eric, 
you know, I met Eric, you know, when the, when the, when the WCW thing would happen and the Monday night wars and the Monday night yeah, wars. And you and ended that, up and going I, over I, and being I ended, a ended up going over for and, the NWO. And so, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, originally I was supposed to be the spokesperson and, you know, even though I think that, you know, I couldn't be called the million dollar man there. Uh, so, uh, Hogan tagged me with trillionaire Ted. <laughs> I went from the man to the trillionaire. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, but, you know, Eric, you know, Eric saw a spot and, you know, hey, God bless him. And he pretty much kind of started putting himself in that position mm -hmm. where I was supposed to be. And, gotcha. uh, and uh, so I just told him one day, I said, Eric, I said, look, if that's what you want, great. I said, but I'm not just going to walk out there every night and, and, and be a prop for, for, for Hogan and everybody else. I said, if I, you know, because I'm not wrestling anymore. I was, I was in a manager, managerial role. Yes. And uh, I said, you seem to want the role. Okay, you, you run with it. Uh, send me home, uh, but, and that's okay too. Because whether whether I'm here or not, you have to pay me. That was my <laughs> the contract. contract was already there. Yeah. And um, and so uh, he sent me home for a little while, and then this was about the time that I was starting to go out and make uh, appearances a lot of, on a lot of Christian television sharing my story and uh, and my faith. And I told Eric that I said, you know, if, when you're bringing me back, you might think about turning me baby face mm -hmm. because a lot of people are seeing me See on, that, yeah. you know, and it's just like it just, you know, obviously it kills the whole mystique of, of the character if they're yeah, seeing who I really yeah. am. And so that's what we did. And he turned me baby face with the Steiner brothers. And uh, yeah. And so I did that for a while. I don't know. So Eric and I, we're we're good now. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, we're good. I had a conversation you know? with them a couple months ago now, yeah. and uh, yeah, you you know, I'm, I their podcast really kind of got me back into professional wrestling. I you know grew up watching it and everything like that, and then uh, throughout the years, kind of fell off watching it and stuff. But then they mentioned the WWE Network where you could go back to the vault yeah. and I could rewatch all these great matches that I that I remember as a kid and. And the Monday Night Wars yeah. going back and forth. I did this whole thing where I watched all everything from WCW from 93 till the day it was done. Right, right. And then now I'm going back to WWE and doing the same timeline to compare the, the two at the time. And uh, to make a long story long, the, the podcast was really what kind of got me back into professional wrestling and kind of inspired me to do my own podcast before, wow. you know, so... Um, do you listen to podcasts often, or you well, you know, it's it's funny that I, 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 here like? I am doing your podcast, and and just I mean, just in like the last month, there've been two or three different people uh, who have suggested me. One of those being my son Ted Junior. Say, you know, Dad, you know, so you should be doing a you should be doing a podcast, you know. And and when he said that, I said, you know what? I think it'd be great if we did podcast if oh. we co-hosted the podcast because i've been having a lot of um a lot, there's been a lot of uh invitation a lot of people have been asking for me and my son to come and do like autograph signings i guess it, it, there's a real novelty in having that father-son combination yeah and uh and 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 ted jr is very well he's very articulate and, and good. Well, he'd be well, very yeah. good at it so it's something that I'm talking about and, and wanting to, and I'm like, golly, you know, I'm looking at, I'm looking how you've got this thing set up and, <laughs> and this is, this is really good. And, and, I, and again, if you're going to do it, I, I, you know, then you need to do it right. And I, I, so, 
There's a guy that, that lives in my neighborhood. And uh, yeah, he's in the, in the insurance business, but he says he, he listens to podcasts all mm -hmm. the time. And again, then he says, you know what, Ted? He says, gosh, you know, with, with, with your, you know, exposure and, and uh, kind of positioning, you know, it's like, you know, you got, you know, a gazillion followers on Twitter and all this stuff. He said, man, you could, you could make an impact with a podcast. Golly, oh, it's like, and so, and then, and then uh, you know, and then when, we, when we, Jim and I, you know, decided to come out here and, and do this little run and, and, and Cody said, Hey, you know, how about we, would you be doing this podcast? I go, let's do that. Yeah, that's and awesome. So, I'm glad you, you know, I, I, you know, I, so I, all of, all of the, all of the, the <laughs> all of the pointers, you know, the, yeah. the, the stars are lining up that, that the main dollar man needs to do a podcast. Yeah, yeah I think that'd be so. great. And you could talk, you know, there's another part I wanted to get into is you guys are starting to, you know, you're out with uh, Hacksaw uh, doing some kind of like road show. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, it's, you know, this is like, um, What's funny about this is I never, um, I never envisioned my, myself as do, doing that. And I was like, I'm like, well, I'm not really a, a, a comedian. And then I realized it's not about being a comedian. It's, it's that wrestling fans. And I, I, I would say, I would venture to say fans of any sport or, mm -hmm. or, I mean, rock and roll fans. I mean, you know, how much would, would they love to sit down and see behind the curtain? Oh, absolutely. And, and, and ask questions about, about, you know, the things that they don't see and, this, and hear the stories. Yeah, I had to create a podcast to do that because I'm, yeah. I'm getting to learn it from everybody. All my guests, is, it's always yeah. someone who I find interesting and I want to know a little bit about just them, you know. And so that's really what we're doing is we're, we're telling our, our, our story, our wrestling story. And the thing that's cool about Jim and I is that, you know, that we... We've known each other for like gosh, thirty-five years, and we, we our birthdays are four days apart. He's January fourteenth, wow. I'm January eighteenth, and we're the same age. And uh, that's incredible. You know, you know but he came out of the football background totally, and didn't grow up in wrestling. And so it wasn't until that uh, Bill Watts, you know, kind of put him with me. And, you know, there's a funny story about the first time I ever got in the ring with Jim was a tag match, and he was brand new. He had just out of the NFL, right? Yeah. And so me and Tommy Rich were wrestling him and another guy. I can't remember who the opponent was, the other opponent was. But uh, so Jim starts the match and I told Tommy, I said, I'll, I'll start with the new kid, the new guy. And so when we locked up, I felt like somebody had grabbed a hold of me with vice grips. So hard, man. It's like, you know, I said, hey kid, they can see it, they can't feel it, you know. So I backed him into the corner and I said the referee said break and I just walked over to my corner and tagged. Dad, yeah, you're like, no, I done. said, I said you, you, can <laughs> you, get, you go deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And we have a big laugh about that. Oh, now, that's but, fantastic. Uh, but you know, we really had uh you know, we became very good friends and we we've stayed friends and uh but this, uh, uh, and I know he's, he's been going out and telling the road stories for a little bit. And, yeah. and, and, and Jim, you know, if you know Jim at all, Jim's really, he's a funny guy anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, but, but I, that's what I'm, I'm saying. It's, it's not really so much the comedy as we're telling our stories, but along with those stories, there are some great funny stories. Yeah. Funny things that happened of course. to us during our careers that, uh, 
that we love to tell. And, yeah. Uh, so that what what's me makes it fun. And that's what everyone wants to hear too. And then you know, there's also the the other side of the stories that aren't all funny. There's you know, serious. It runs yeah. the gamut of emotion when you right. just when you peel back the curtain on anybody in right. general. Um, and then we give the fans the opportunity to ask those questions. Yeah, that's and that's yeah. great. The fan yeah. the the fan questions. I've um, I got a chance to check out Mick Foley's uh, two of his shows. He when he was down in Southern California, and he d opened it up to the to the crowd and everyone's having a blast with yeah. that. Um, so the other thing I wanted to talk about, you already kind of touched on it, is uh, you're, you're a pastor now, right? You're a minister? Well, not a pastor, but I am a minister. Minister, I'm sorry, and, I get those uh, mixed up sometimes. I guess you would say, I guess um, uh, evangelism would be the the, the uh, slot you would put me in because okay. uh, I I go and speak in churches all over, all over the country and foreign countries and uh, I speak to, a, you know, a lot of men's groups specifically, uh, and I share, I share that story, the story of like, gosh, Ted, how did you go from being a wrestler to a minister? Yeah. I mean, you talk about a jump. Yeah, that would and, be, <laughs> and, and, I could imagine. And, you know, you know, so, uh, and, I, and actually, uh, we did a documentary called the price of fame. That was a, it was a fathom event. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember now how long ago, a year or, or more ago, it was in, I don't know, select theaters for a one night deal. Uh, and then it, you know, became avail available on Amazon and uh, DVD at Walmart, and uh, and so I carry those with me even now to, uh, you know, for people to get and, and to hear the story. Yeah. It's kind of like you know, I've told the story, and uh, I, I've got the story like on video, but it's like you know, a good friend of mine um, said, Ted, I, I'd like to, I'd like to put it on film. Mm -hmm. and so we put it on film, and my sons are in it, and uh, and my wife, and it just tells our story, and uh, you know how you know how I went from you know losing my way, so to speak, and getting caught up in in in, uh, in the lifestyle to uh, you know redemption, and, yeah. You know, bringing it back around and refocusing my attention and bringing on, other people to yeah, that story too exactly and, and helping know, out others exactly and, you know i tell the story and it's, <laughs> uh, with the full intent of hope hoping that it'll help somebody that's mm -hmm. going through the same stuff yeah that's 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 really cool um and then how'd you guys get in the, so we're, we're outside of the giphy studio now how'd you guys uh get get wrangled into this well, what, what, what what is it in well, well you know uh you know cody you know you know cody got a hold of me and uh and said, you know, Ted, you know, I, you know, I booked my dad for a long time and everything, and I just, you know, she's so excited about, you know, the the possibilities, and she's got, she's, you know, I started listening to, to her talk about the different connections she had, like with the Comic Con people and these people and those people, and and uh, and I have always, you know, I did this, I did one like eight or nine day run with a guy named Jan Murphy up in Canada. Uh, and had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. And I, and I knew that Jim was doing it. Uh, and uh, I said, well, I'd love to do this, you know, so we could do it together. But, you know, we're, we're both going to be doing it on our own as well. It's just another aspect. It's just like, you know, in church, I tell a story. Yeah. But it's, it's, a, it's a story of redemption. Where these are, I'm telling, I'm telling my story, but I'm telling my wrestling story, mm -hmm. and I'm I'm focusing on on the things that I know I want, that the fans want to hear. Yeah, totally. But at the same time, 
you know, it it still opens the door because it, it yeah, eventually totally. somebody in that crowd is going to say, well, well then how did you on? go from being yeah. a, a wrestler to a minister? And I'll say, glad you asked. Yeah, and then you get right, you get, you there get you in go. there. That's, that's wonderful. You speak, speaking of Jim, let's get him in the car. You bet. All right. <laughs> So now I got you in the car, Hacksaw. How are you doing today? Doing good. I've had a lot of fun uh, driving in from uh, Vegas to L.A., of course. And Oh, oh Jesus. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he just pranked the driver out of the mix. <laughs> 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 you scared <laughs> I can't tell oh, you how many times he's done that to me. And oh, every time he gets me. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I didn't do nothing. Did you, is, is that a, is that an old trick from the road? Is, yeah, I know. Oh, that's a lot of wrestling tricks. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it's bad when you don't do it. They hit something. They're like, knock it off, Duggan. Oh, <laughs> oh, no, that wasn't me. That one wasn't me. There's a kid on a bike back there. Oh, <laughs> oh, shit. Oh. There ain't nobody out there. That's, that's not, brutal. That's brutal. Yeah. Boy, it called wolf too often, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, brother. You sold it good, though, I'll tell you. You, you belong in the ring. He took, yeah, he took I a good bump there. Yeah, great. Get a little juice next time, you know? <laughs> so I, I'm sitting here in the car, a dream of mine sitting with two Hall of Famers. I want to ask both of you two real quick. When were you, what year were you each inducted, and like what was that moment for you like when you were inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame? Well, I was inducted in 2010, and uh, you know what? It was, uh, it was again a very special moment. I think, and I think Jim would agree with me. But it's like. Um, it's it's one thing to to have accolades and and people tell you that you're good and and uh, something, but when you're inducted into a hall of fame, then then you're being recognized by your peers. Mm -hmm. And then when when I look at the other guys that are in that hall of fame, and I'm going going way back, going back to guys that I had the greatest deal of respect for, and to know that I am I'm included in that list, it's pretty overwhelming. It's pretty. You know, to me, it was it was it was humbling, and it was probably probably one of the proudest moments of, of my career. Awesome. And were you were you there, Hacksaw, when he was inducted, or uh, vice versa? Oh, well, you were you, Ted? Two thousand and ten. No, I don't think I was yeah, there. Not in Arizona. Okay. No, I wasn't there, but I was inducted in two thousand eleven, and Ted actually inducted me into the Hall of Fame. Oh, that's fantastic. Because I've said, you know, many times in wrestling. Uh, I learned a lot from Ted DiBiase. Uh, any of the second generation guys are just that much more polished. Ted, uh, Jake the Snake, Kurt Henning, guys who grew up in the business were very good. So I came in the Mid-South. I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Oh, right. They, before you, had a, uh, you got in the car, uh, Ted had a couple things to say about that. Oh. <laughs> he, he mentioned that uh, he, he tagged himself out of the first match he had with you. Yes, he did. And he, of course, Ted cleans it up pretty good. You know, he said he, he walked away and tagged Tommy. He said, he's all yours. But it was F-O-S. -E. He's yours, Tommy. F that S-O-B, that dirty son of B. You know, it's great. Like, Speaking yeah, of, yeah. of cursing, though, I had a, uh, I had a conversation, conversation with Jake on the oh, show um, and he gave me a, a, a story about how you know when Hacksaw is is angry is when he drops a, a Mary and Joseph. Jesus, Joseph. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. what it was. That's my pop, God bless him. Yeah. <laughs> Cover well, all three of them. You well, know? He, co he covered a story of, uh, of, of you uh, disappointing your father and getting back in the car and smashing uh, Jake's dashboard. Yeah, well, I, I tell you a lot of stories with Jake. I tell you once though, he had those little poppers uh -huh. You know, you'll, you throw, you know, do you throw on the ground? 
and I'm driving, and he threw it against the windshield. Like, bang! I'm, what the? <laughs> what, what the devil was that? <laughs> yeah, sorry, Reverend. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, traveling with Jake was uh, an experience. You know, I always said Jake was one of the most fun guys in the world you want to party with. Mm -hmm. But the last guy you want driving your getaway car. He'd <laughs> <laughs> be backing out of the 7-Eleven going, uh, Jake? <laughs> well, it sounded like you guys were always having like a lot of fun on the road. And, yeah, well, you Jake know, was actually in my wedding 30-plus years ago. Oh, wow. Man. Yeah, Jake was in my wedding and uh, <laughs> scared everybody. I got married in a little small town in South Carolina. Of course, he terrorized that poor town. <laughs> they were throwing holy water. Crucifix sails went way up. <laughs> Is it true that you convinced Jake to uh, to go into the ring with with the uh, deceased uh, snake? No, no. He told the story. Yeah, I don't. No, he told that story. Are you gonna believe me or Jake? I'll tell you. <laughs> well, now well, see, I don't know. There's a couple stories. You know, it's not like that was the first snake to go down, brother. Oh no, he didn't say that either. <laughs> yeah. Well, we were in Detroit one time. He leaves this one out, man. We were in Detroit and. Uh, I think we went to the library one night till it closed mm -hmm. and came back to the hotel and, and went to sleep and we slept, got up the next morning. It was like January, you know, and we got up and the whole, there was about six or eight inches of snow. And we went, we opened the trunk. There was my two by four. There was Damien frozen as stiff as the two by four. <laughs> you can pick him up by the tail like my yeah. boy, you know. Vince, uh, the snake died. You know, and, hey, uh, God, this snake died, Jake. I don't know. Hey, hey, back to the library. What books did you read? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we had some deep conversation. Yeah. Maybe some Aristotle. Moby Dick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a library by my by my house in Garden Grove, and it actually is called the library. And it uh, it, it's... It has a lot of ni nice books. Uh, well, that was a, that was a joke in the old days. You always <laughs> you always liked strippers, you know. Yeah. Because strippers were usually wrestling fans, had good drugs, and were bisexual. Three <laughs> things you were looking for back in the day, you know. You're like, <laughs> not all of us, though. Not all of us. Maybe you, I was never looking about that. I told you, I was never looking. I think Jake was telling me about it. Yeah. No, you were no no one part. No, no. It was all Jake. We. Throw him under the bus. He's, he's time, not here yeah. to defend himself. Throw him under the bus. Yeah, well, no, right? Yeah. <laughs> no. So. Oh, man. So uh, another story that we, we were talking to uh, Ted here about was the time you uh, dressed up in a, in a monkey suit in the Mid-South. It was a gorilla suit, gorilla brother. Suit. Get that <laughs> straight. Damn monkey suit. <laughs> oh, man. And he said you were you were out at the, the carnival in that, uh, saying hi to the kids, too, well, no? Well, no, I just my normal outfit. <laughs> that was, that was, I wear that all the time. Oh, okay, all, right? gotcha, I, yeah. Just you went head on earlier today. <laughs> you know, I told him, I said, you know, there was a fair going on at the same time as we were we were uh, doing, doing shoot, our right? TV shows. So it and so right it fit right in that, you know, and so they said, hey, yeah, there's a there's a there's a gorilla, you know, with balloons giving away to the kids around the fair. And he's come in here to give them to some of the kids. And, you know, and so, you know, and, that, and everybody was obviously. Everybody was cool until the gorilla rips off his head, <laughs> and there's the gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot changed. That, that, that Mid-South was a hot territory, man. That yeah, was, man, I was yeah. watching. I bet, what, 80% of the Hall of Fame guys came through Mid-South, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you, you came straight from uh, NFL into wrestling, right? 
No, I went up to Canada. I, Canada? I was with the Falcons in 77 during preseason. I got hurt. Okay. Had two knee surgeries. So I was on injured reserve uh, all year. So I, I'm able to join the union. I just was at the Pro Bowl, you know, with all the other guys are like, why is that wrestler here? Like, <laughs> I scrolled my one year in. You need four for a pension. Mm. But if you get paid for one full year by a team, you can join the, the retired players union. So I do a, a lot of charity events. And, of course, I always oh, ask cool. those NFL guys, I'm like, uh, world champions. <laughs> Where in the world have you fellas been? <laughs> and they're like, well, you know, uh, we went to London. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, that's and like Mexico going to the West Coast. Come on, London. Are you kidding <laughs> me? Yeah. As Ted and uh, myself, I wrestled every state in the Union. Yep. Every province in Canada. Yep. And I did 30 countries myself. How about you, Ted? You got a lot up, I'm sure. Yeah, I never, I never added them all up. Yeah. But, I got them all written yeah. down. You got to do them alphabetically. Australia, Austria, Bahamas, Bermuda, mm. Ber uh, Belgium, uh, Canada, Cayman Islands. You know, that's. <laughs> you go through them, man. It's unbelievable. Yeah. 30 countries, you yeah. know. I said, yeah. nobody knows Tom Brady in Christchurch, but they'll I'll go, oh! Oh, yeah, big old. Uh. Hey, let's, get, you, let's get into that. What let's do you mean it. by that? <laughs> hey, that brother. She's a nice girl. Hi. <laughs> that's fantastic. Well, that's, what I, that's why I, uh, hell, yeah. That's why she's so expensive. She's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This is, that, that's, that's, uh, hey, that's, that's good stuff. And, and, he's, and he's sober. I did now. Oh, I, I haven't now, drank since, since Pipe died. I haven't had a drink since Piper died, man. How, how many years is that? Well, almost five now coming up. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow, Pipe, he had tried to get me to quit drinking a few times. He had to babysit me, you know? Okay. And he's like, that, you know, by the time uh, you need to quit it. I'm like, yeah, yeah. He had the, the, you know, like Ted's got this water bottle full of vodka. We used to do the same thing. <laughs> yeah, right. right. We used to do the same thing. Yeah. You know, I send this for approval. Ted's going to be like, cut that out of the episode right there. Oh, well, you're going to believe me or Ted, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Wrestler's honor. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you, you, did a, you did a little heel work in the Mid-South, too. And then <laughs> um, most people would know you as your, as your baby face. Hacksaw with the with the American flag and everything. Which did you prefer? Oh yeah, well I started off as Big Jim Duggan. Mm -hmm. Short hair and clean shaven. That didn't work. Then I was the convict and I wore a mask and that didn't work. <laughs> then I was Wild Man Duggan with a fur and chains on it and that didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> so I evolved into Hacksaw. So out of 40 years, probably 35 I've been Hacksaw. But I enjoy being a, a baby face better than a heel. Right? Okay. And especially back in the day, you see DiBiase, he's the heel, and I'm the baby face. You're like, yeah. Man, nowadays I, you now can't it, tell yeah. the difference. But. <laughs> man, have the roles reversed. <laughs> wow, brother. That was a shot, man. I, I like you, man. Right, 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 yeah, we're buddies. A couple more times around the block. <laughs> oh, but well, we still got Ted in the car. Well, I want to critique this music video from you right here. Hey. Can we get that rolling, Brando? What's your password? <laughs> Hacksaw. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, so so this is going back to, you know, American flags. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, who I wrote these lyrics, was, right? I mean, this is a fantastic mu music video. I think, did they just cut this up from promos? No. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, it looks like it was all one shot. Oh, no, yeah. It's cut from promos, yeah. And the video. I, I had a question. Though. I was watching this video earlier, and in your own promo, you get knocked over yeah. by Yokozuna. What was what was the Crazy, thing? I got knocked that? over by everybody. Are you kidding? <laughs> you know that was that was my deal though. I don't care if I win the match, as <laughs> long as I win the fight, tough guy. Yeah, tough guy. So I could get beat by Yoko and get up and whack him with a two by four and get yeah. my <laughs> back over. <laughs> have you have you seen this video, Ted? Uh, unfortunately, too many times. <laughs> When's the last time you guys sat back and watched this music video? Oh, oh I don't think we ever actually watched it together. Right? <laughs> oh, you're not doing that on well, the road all the time? Get back to the hotel room? Oh, yeah, by the house, it's playing on a reel. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but I tell folks, I say, yeah, I got a gold album. What's the big deal? Yeah. <laughs> Listen to this. You know, you'll know exactly why. And I do get a little apprehensive You beat people nights, up. So. You beat people be, be, be. up. <laughs> oh, yeah. That one, I took a hell of a bump. Yeah, oh, you you took a couple, that. right? <laughs> yeah, I didn't have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> and there's the, there's the three-point stance. Oh, coming. wait. What? Weeble oh. wobble. Yoko was great. He could weeble wobble but not fall down. You know? Oh, yeah. And when he does go down. <laughs> and everyone, the place would lose it, man. Oh, yeah. my gosh. <laughs> oh, this is fantastic. Oh. Who is that? Who is that getting the turnbuckle? Oh, a good throw. I have not a clue. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've never dropped a miss a two by four on TV. Now, you know, at, at house shows I have. Okay. I used to throw it up as high as I could. I'd get out from underneath it. And when I caught it, I mean, I was really happy I caught it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm it sure. comes across. I'm like, yeah, You got those lights in your eyes. I caught the son of a bitch. <laughs> Just getting amped. That was, that was, that was so beer. Well, you appreciate this, right? Uh, Mike McGurk was the ring announcer, and I had the hots for Mike. She was a real pretty girl, blonde hair, always dressed real nice, mm -hmm. had nice high heels on. I'm a heel guy, you know? So I'm in the ring working with Jimmy and uh, Earthquake. Boom, I take the bump out of the ring. When I'm outside the ring, in the, in the ring, I used to throw it way up, and I'd get out from underneath it and catch it. But outside the ring, you're near the people. Yeah. So I'd throw it straight up, and I'd catch it like this right over my head so I wouldn't worry about yeah. hitting the people. So I threw it up. I looked down on Mike. I go, I love those shoes, Mike. I turned back around. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Smooth. Down Smooth. I go. Down I go. <laughs> I've opened up. I'm juice. The place went nuts right there. <laughs> I roll back in. Jimmy Hart, you're bleeding, baby. You're bleeding. You're bleeding, baby. Yeah. I come back to the paramedics are backstage. like, what happened? What happened? I'm like, I hit myself with a board. <laughs> and I go, what? I hit myself with a board. <laughs> yeah, you didn't want to announce that to, yeah. the, to the entire <laughs> And then Lance is the agent. He's like, that was great. Can you do it tomorrow night? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> so you're out here with, with Ted. You guys are both out doing this road show right now. Uh, I got to hear a little bit about it. What, 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 you've been you've been out doing some shows for for a while now, talking to the fans and doing that kind of thing. And um, is this kind of therapeutic for you, or is it something you just enjoy doing? I mean, what's what's the passion here and getting back out there in front of these fans and talking to them and re-engaging with them? Well, it's great. At this stage of the game, I mean, yeah, we haven't been strong on TV in, in years, you know, since the golden age. But people around the world tend to remember our era, and we're lucky enough to... Yeah. To travel the world telling wrestling stories. Yeah. And people, well, you get nervous? I said, it's like talking to a room full of old friends. Yeah. These people are happy to come see you. They want to ask questions. They love the business. And I mean, Ted and I, we did a tour all through uh, uh, Great uh, Great Britain, the uh, United Kingdom. 
uh, the yeah. Million Dollar Two by Four Tour. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, uh, I've done it in England, Scotland, Northern Ireland, uh, New Zealand, and Canada, uh, the stand-up stuff. And, uh, of course, I tell folks, if you want to hear some funny knock-knock jokes or jokes about your grandmother, then go somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> We're telling wrestling stories. Wrestling stories. That's and, what they're out there talk for. talk about, you know, traveling with Jake the Snake and wrestling Andre the Giant. And so you get a wrestling crowd that really tends to enjoy it, and it's... It's fun, and and then we give them, then we give them <laughs> ask their questions, yeah. you know, which is which is uh, you know they look they very much look forward to. What's some of your favorite questions you've gotten uh, on the on this particular tour? Is there anything that stands out for you? Well, I always like the uh, the most memorable thing in, in wrestling for me. Excuse me, is uh, you know because everybody I, I won the Royal Rumble, you know, the first mm -hmm. Royal first Rumble. one, yeah. So that's the biggest feather in my cap because I was never like world champion or nothing. But for me as a person, you know, I grew up in upstate New York in little Glens Falls, a little small town. And as a kid, my dad would bring me to New York City, to Madison Square Garden, to the circus, you know. So as an adult, to drive into New York City in front of Madison Square Garden and see on the marquee, mm. Hacksaw Jim Duggan versus Andre the Giant. Oh, yeah. You know, it was a, a double whammy. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's a question because that's a story I like to tell because it was, it was... Special to moment. this time, it, it still yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, it's a proud moment. Yep. Well, for me, it's like you know. Again, I, I grew up in in, in the business, um, and I, said, I don't I don't think I could pick one moment, but uh, there were there's a couple. I mean, my first WrestleMania, the WrestleMania four. You know, it's like a year a year prior to that. You know, I, I'm I'm reading it in the paper. Uh, WWF sets indoor world attendance record, wow. WrestleMania three. Yeah, I had no idea that the very next year I would be in the main event of WrestleMania, and oh. it was just the thing, the way it, that all happened. So cool. And then uh, you know, uh, to wrestle in front of eighty thousand people, in Wembley Stadium in London. That's, that's, that's a huge. That's the biggest crowd that I've that better been that ever been in. That, that's got to be quite a rush, right? And that was that was, yeah. That was a rush. Oh, that was yeah. like from back from those big shows of WrestleMania and, and uh, Wembley Stadium, and coming back in the dressing room, the guys like Duggan, how's the crowd? I said, well, without my glasses, the first three rows are full. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how the rest of the crowd is, but I, tell you. <laughs> I get the same thing. I can I can only see a couple yeah. of rows out there. You got the yeah. lights in your face and everything. But but, but, but but you know, brother, it's amazing. And Ted has, I'm sure, stories like this. You know, I was, the other week I was doing an autograph session. I'm sitting there and I look in line. And here's this big, real tough-looking man in line. And he's working his way through the line. I'm signing, checking on my security, you know. Yeah. And finally, the guy gets up to me and goes, Hacksaw Duggan. Grab my hand, gives me the hard squeeze. He goes, me, me and my dad, we used to watch you together. And he teared up. I mean, it's amazing yeah. the effect. Mm. A silly TV show 30 years ago, yeah. the effect it has on people. Yeah. I have women come up with pictures of their mom, hug on you and cry. Uh, it's uh, it's well, humbling to have people yeah. react. And the other thing, the other thing, handicapped kids, uh, autistic kids, special, uh, Olympic kids. special Olympic kids. I mean, make I mean, wish. WWE grants more wishes for Make a Wish than anybody. Yeah, and uh, see that. Uh, you know, I had one uh, story. I, you know, a good pastor friend of mine. He's my best friend. His name's Hal Santos, and you know, and he took me to a home for autistic kids in the St. Louis area. Mm. 
And so I went in there, and 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 uh, they're walking around and, and showing me this place. And these these two little boys kind of attached themselves to me as we were walking through there. Well, what they had done is they had put uh, some mats down, and they 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 I don't know what they used, maybe broomsticks or something, but they made a little makeshift little ring. ring. Oh wow! You know, and with the ropes and everything. And so the one little boy is pointing to the ring. And I said, I think he wants to wrestle me. <laughs> and so I took off my my sport coat and I got in there and got down on my knees. He goes to the other corner and just and and one of the other kids just just yells ding ding ding, and he runs across and launches at me. And I took the best bump I could for him. And then <laughs> another kid great. slid in and went one two three, oh, and they God. erupted. Now I, I'm I start looking around and all of the personnel yeah. I've got tears in their eyes oh that's such and a I go, cool moment I go what's up she goes they goes here's the thing about autism sometimes it's very hard to connect with them yeah and Ted you've connected with all of them yeah it's a wrestling yeah and I don't I don't know why but they <clears throat> they love wrestling <clears throat> so any any opportunity since then that I've had to go and visit kids, I I, I do. No, that's great. Yeah, yeah. So. it's easy for me to and see. And Jim why. does it too. Jim. Yeah. yeah, I'm coming up my twentieth uh, year at the uh, uh, Iowa State, uh, or actually Mid America in Des Moines, Iowa Telethon. Done it uh, for twenty years. It'll be my twentieth yeah. year. They wow. raised over four million the past eight ten years. It's yeah. a it's a great telethon. Of course, I sing at it. Yeah? No, not a chance in hell. You, 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 you don't do this rendition? But I tell you, that's your deal. They have all these you're, teams. You're, hey, wait a minute. You're a gold-selling artist. <laughs> yeah, right. you yeah, got to yeah. give the people well, what they want. i got to hold out for a paying audience. <laughs> <laughs> but they have all these, you know, uh, music stars and television stars and a couple movie stars come through. But the wrestling fans come to the down to the, they have it at the Civic Center in downtown Des Moines. Mm, and nice. the wrestling right. fans come down to get the autographs and... Uh, yeah, uh, wrestling fan, fans are great around the world. All right, well, I think, Teddy, I think we got to get you out of the car because uh, Cody's probably going to kill me okay. right now. <laughs> okay, okay. I got to go. I got to right. go do my Thank you thing. so much, Teddy. We're, you bet, man. We'll, we'll, we'll continue. I'm going to move it on up here so you don't have to keep looking back at me. Huh? All right, cool. <laughs> I wouldn't do anything they ask you, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> after after you uh, ribbed on the driver, I think you should probably say if you put a seatbelt on. Payback's hell, Duggan, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. At least he's not taking me to the airport. That's what you really get me. Oh, uh, no, right? that's right. Yeah. So that was the ride in from Vegas. It was good. Oh uh, yeah, not too bad. I too uh, bad. got my own rent a car. Because oh, there's a wife. Bye, honey. Bye. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, should be good. Uh, well, yeah, because uh, they're driving all the way back to Vegas tonight, right? Oh wow. Yeah, no shit. Because they got two shows. I think the last one's at you know nine thirty or something. Ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So by the time you get out of the building, it's going to be midnight. Yeah, 11.30 yeah. and drive all the way back. I'm like, then we got an autograph session, I think, at 1. Oh, wow. So you're like, yeah, I'm yeah. going to stick around. Drive, drive an hour down the road, get out of town, because you right after the show, you're keyed up anyway, right? Yeah. Then find a stay on the road, some, you know, uh, hotel, and then drive to the, the autograph. Yeah. They don't have to be there at 1 tomorrow. That makes sense. That but makes Teddy, sense. they're driving all the way. They won't get back to 5 or 6 in the morning. You're going to feel like shit, you know? I wouldn't do that. No, no, that's right. I said, I'll go I'll, I'll get my own car. Where, where are some of the, your favorite places to travel, though? Speaking of all this travel, I mean, you're you already talking I like English speaking countries, you know. Okay, like, yeah. uh, a lot of guys made a career out of Japan. Uh, 
some of my good friends, uh, Stan Hansen, uh, Dr. Death, Steve Williams. Doc was one of my best friends in my mm. life. Funny, my three best friends in my life are all three gone. Uh, uh, Terry Gordy from the Freebirds, right? Mm -hmm. Gordy, uh, Steve Williams, and now Piper. So uh, all three of them are gone. That's uh, unfortunate. Yeah. But a lot of guys that did the deal in Japan, that uh, I, did, I didn't like Japan. There's only time in my life I marked off days on my calendar. I was, really? I was over there for See, five I love weeks. Japan. You, don't, you didn't like the cuisine? It just the, the whole atmosphere is tough over there. You for know, it's wrestling. Not, inside, wrestling, yeah. a lot of traveling, mm -hmm. a lot of buses, a lot of planes, trains, and automobiles. You know, take yeah. ocean-going ferries from one island to another. Yeah. You know, not only you do Tokyo and Osaka and the big cities, you do these little small cities where the... The beds are small and the pillows are made out of rice, you know. Oh, jeez. Of course, was, this was years Chris? ago, too, you know. Just that one? Is that one counting? No. Go ahead, hold on. Yeah. And have you ever seen a Japanese toilet, right? The It's like a oh, urinal the bidet. on the oh, floor. I love it. Yeah. Know, the, or, the, or the bidets now. Those are the great, The bidets too. are nice, too, but the actual <laughs> Japanese toilet, because they, oh, yeah, they yeah, squat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just, and so you can imagine now. You're on the bullet train. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the only toilet is on that one. So it's just a, a hole, and you got your pants down. You're trying to keep your pants out of the way, and you yeah. got your hold your back. The thing's rocking away. It's, yeah. And you're a bigger guy, too. I'm a little closer. Yeah, you know, it's closer to the ground now, you know? Yeah. yeah well, it's all that gonna. That one's dead. The battery's dead on it. We're still rolling on the others. Yeah. yeah after Andre, it's all relative. People, because back when I was, you know, about 300 when I wrestled, two, 280 to 300, depending on uh -huh. how much I was eating, right? You go, actually, you're a big guy. I'm like, no, no, I'm a medium sized guy. Andre. You know, Andre. <laughs> everybody now is 6'5, 300, 310. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. uh, back in my day, if you were 6'3, 250, that was considered a big guy. Mm -hmm. Now you got to be, you know, 6'5, 350. Yeah, that makes sense. Kids are bigger, stronger, faster, right? Yeah. Though I got to tell you, uh, my shot put record in my high school still stands today from 1973. That's, I heard that. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm like, get those kids some Cheerios yeah. up there. <laughs> That's what it's I not, see. It's 58 feet. Hey, no, they're, all, they're all eating vegan now. Yeah, every, yeah, everybody's throwing well over 60, but my little town, they just haven't uh, done it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, and I, heard, I, heard, I heard a little bit about your, your power, though, too. Another thing I heard is, is it true that... Uh, you you went into a workout where you're, you're pushing your legs and, and you broke the machine like that, that uh, for like a that was squat? relatively strong, but I mean compared to some guys, I could yeah. really push some heavy iron. Of course, we were all on the gas back in the day. You know, okay. nobody knew how bad steroids were for you. You mm -hmm. know, and obviously that probably had an effect on some of my health issues nowadays because everybody's you know. I never really knew what I was doing. Some guys were on cycles and shit. You know, every once in a while I'd take a needle, I'd be like, oh, yeah, there you, you go, know? yeah. And it made a hell of a difference. Like I said, my biggest was 312. I had a 505 bench, you know. Wow. I was pushing heavy iron, but I'll tell you a good, <clears throat> good story. We were in the uh, Boston Golds. Everybody trained at the Golds or Powerhouse back in the day. Yeah. And of course, everybody was jacked. The Road Warriors, Ultimate Warrior, uh, Warlord. Everybody's in there pushing heavy iron. And everyone's iron. wondering if they're juicing. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, there's, there's no question. You can, you can look at a guy and tell who's who's clean. Yeah. But anyway, so the Nasty Boys are world tag team champions, right? So they come in the gym, they got their gear on, their long dusters, they got the world tag team belts, they got big triple dip ice cream cones. <laughs> Screw you guys, we're the champions. You know? I mean, yeah, Everyone's working hard. Yeah. I heard they're, they're pretty good at clowning everybody. Yeah, 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 I, I get along, yeah, I get along with knobs and sags. Uh, they get heat with a lot of people. Uh, of course, you know, they, they pick, you know, they're, but they're 
they're ultimately they pick on everybody. Some guys are bullies in our business. Mm -hmm. They pick on the young guy, the new guy, guy can't defend himself. They pick on him. Nobs will pick on him, but it'll also go mess with Hogan and Flair. Yeah. He's equal opportunity. <laughs> like he messes his way all the way up and down the line. He messes with everybody. Well, speaking of Rick, you got any good Rick stories, man? I mean, you guys had to have. Uh... Oh, yeah, yeah. Rick, Rick one of the best. I mean, obviously, I mean, uh, Flair's Flair. I mean, he's yeah. on Hogan's type level. I, I joke. I get along with Hulkster. Hulkster, uh, guy gets more bad press than anybody, you know. Yeah, but, I hear that. But, uh, you know, from you know, from a lot of the, the, the wrestling kind of world kind of talks, poorly about him from dirt sheets and stuff I, I was i never followed that kind of uh -huh. stuff to be honest i just but well, yeah I see him as can't pay attention to that stuff yeah. as in any type of business you any, pay attention yeah, yeah. and go crazy but i get along with hulkster man i've known the guy for almost 40 years you know mm -hmm. uh and he, he, you know, he got he got taped at home without his knowledge yeah i said they hate to have him tape me at home without my knowledge i'm kind of like blazing saddles <laughs> i blast everybody a little something over this guy grew up every day. Hey, hey, hogan. oh yeah that's tough and, man. Uh, and hulkster i joke i get off the plane somewhere and people would be like and hogan would be behind me like hacksaw duggan there's hulk hogan run away hacksaw. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to know where you are in the totem pole you yeah know? i got gotcha. you and that's the deal you know what you were never world champion you know i said hey we're not all lead singers in the band, brother. No, yeah. I'm back there playing the drums. Yeah, you know? there you go. I've been back there for years. It's been a great spot. I beat most people, except the guys that beat me, would go to Hulkster. Yeah. So it was a good spot. Yeah, well, I mean, there was one person you didn't get to wrestle. I heard that you, you were a little upset about because you wrestled his grandfather and his dad was The Rock. Well, yeah, I'd like to say, you know, I worked with High Chief Peter Maivia. Yeah. You know, I wrestled Rocky Johnson. And I may get the rock at WrestleMania, tough guy. <laughs> Give me a hole, brother. Hello! No chance in hell. <laughs> <laughs> You're not coming not back a, out, man? Yeah, yeah, okay. I pull a hamstring getting <laughs> off the couch quick. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> I knew some indies. They're like, Hacksaw, we want you to run down and jump in the ring. I'm like, what? <laughs> you got That's stairs to get up in that yeah. ring. <laughs> of course, and then I get the young kids. You know, of course, I haven't been in the ring in years, but the, I get the young kid comes up six five, three hundred pounds, twenty five years old. Mister Duggan, are we on TV tonight? I'm like, I hope not, son. I'll tell you. <laughs> I'm really, really trying to stay. Try to relax out there, kid. It's a big crowd. I'm like, oh my god. Where's my two by four? <laughs> so, Go for heard, a backdrop. Where did the where did the uh, two by four come from? Like, what, what was was it like? Oh no, actually, it's quite it a story. You? No, I was uh, I was a bad guy in West Texas. Uh, I first guy, I went to uh, Big Jim, the convict, wild man. Went to San Antonio, I became Hacksaw, and I was a bad guy in San Antonio. And that was way before sports entertainment. Mm -hmm. You know, you think it's fake, you want to try one of the wrestlers? Sign the waiver. You come yeah. up in here. You'd have to fight every local tough guy, you know, and all this shit. So just the people really hated you, you know. Getting back and forth in the ring, they'd spit on you, punch at you. If you go out to your car, you'd go out into a group. So I'm out like in Lubbock, Amarillo, Texas. I'm sitting back in the dressing room, you know, all covered with loogies and bruises, you oh. know, <laughs> rethinking my career choice. You know? <laughs> Is that what you signed up for? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not supposed to be like this, right? And Brody, I thought I was going to go around the world and right? party, yeah. and hang out with my friends. Yeah, yeah the girls. What the hell? Brody comes in, man. I'm sitting there. He goes, he looks at me, he goes, Duggan. He says, if you carry something to the ring, he says, carry something you can use. Forget those feathered boas and sequin robes. <laughs> and I'm sitting, I look down, I'm like, well, 
here's a piece of wood. <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> and I picked up a two by four. I came out, I was yelling, waving that two by four. It was like part in the Red Sea. Then people scattered. Like, ah. <laughs> I got to the ring without getting punched. I'm like, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> And of course, I did travel with Jake, you know, and I could go anywhere. We'd drive up to an arena in any town, you know, and walk in. I said, can, can somebody find me a two-by-four and get him a 10-foot python? Yeah, that, I, heard, I heard a <laughs> lot of those stories. I snake around. I, I could to, find a board anywhere. Yeah, I talked to Jake back in uh, in April, and he, he was the one that mentioned the, the story of the, the, the Jesus, Mary, and Joseph and yeah, yeah. smashing the... Do, do, you mind, do you mind that talking about that story at all? I'm not sure which one. Uh, I believe it was... Uh, and we can edit this later. No, that's not, okay. No, I'm sure, brother. You ain't gonna <laughs> ask me anything, brother. Okay, no, cool. Uh, the... the um, what I think you got you got some marijuana sent to your dad's house by accident. I think uh, was I the know. story. You might have been talking about when I got popped with a sheet, maybe. No, it was. I think it was before dad. And, and the whole thing was that you, you felt bad because... You went to well, the yeah, door and your dad and your and your dad had had said like handed had opened the package or something and found the the marijuana in it. That's just what Jake was was telling me. Yeah, I think he might have me mixed up with DDP. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, my dad actually, my dad was my best man at my wedding. My dad was my uh, greatest role model and my hero of my life. Yeah. So anything that would disappoint my dad that was, that was very traumatic. Yeah. To me. Yeah. And he that's was, when he was I, when a I got cop, busted right? with the sheik. He was chief of police. Chief yeah. of police, that's right. Yeah. And uh yeah to this day I said anywhere else in the world I'm Hacksaw Duggan. In Glens Falls I'm Chief Duggan's kid. Yeah. There you <laughs> that's go. Duggan's kid. Live down on Keenan Street, the little bastard. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh yeah I, I uh I'm trying to think of a good Jake story. I'll tell you well, you know, because uh Jake and I, we traveled together a lot. Yeah, you, you mentioned know, that you guys, you, you know, this back when traveling was, you know, a couple guys in the car, three or four right, guys in the car. And I was with a few guys to get along with Jake. You know, Jake uh, carried a little heat. But anyway, uh, you know, we, we were heading, and if you travel with Jake, you got to travel with Damien, right? So yeah. I got used to the snake. I travel with the snake all the time. I got used to it. So we're late for a town. We're flying like Mississippi. I got a big, big rented Lincoln, you know, to, driving yeah. down the road, you know, and Imagine Jake and I being late for a show, right? <laughs> of course, we had a great strategy back then. If you're going to be late, be so late that they're happy to see you, right? You know? <laughs> thank God you guys made the show. Yeah. You know, instead of where the hell you been, thank God you guys made the show. But anyway, I'm, yeah. I'm flying down the road, and the damn snake is lived in a duffel bag. You know, mm -hmm. and of course they couldn't do it nowadays, but the snake would always try to get out of the bag. Always try to get out of the bag. Boom! It gets out of the bag. I'm driving down the road and I'm looking in my mirror. There's this big, huge, giant snake over, over my shoulder. You know, and, and people are like, "Well, you know, it's a python. They're not poisonous." I'm like, yeah. "No, but it's got a mouth like this. It'll That'll still hurt your ass." You're a kid, <laughs> so anyway, I slam my brakes and we go sliding into like a Stucky's Cracker Barrel type restaurant. The folks are in the rocking chair and the kids are playing. Oh, yeah. You know, we, <laughs> we go sliding. You get out and, and a jump out. Oh, right, pull open the back door. Jake and I grabbed a snake. We're fighting with a snake. We stuff it back in the bag and drive off. <laughs> so I said, you know, to this day, people are going, you're not going to believe it. <laughs> oh, yeah. These they two guys had a giant snake in the back of their car. <laughs> so um, another thing I always got to ask about from, from this era is uh, uh, a good Andre story. You got a good uh, Andre the Giant story for me? Oh, sure. Yeah, because uh, Andre, I had a good rapport with Andre, and mm -hmm. Andre elevated me from a mid-card guy to a main event guy. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, because, you know, if there's any giant big guy in our business, they're like, you know, Duggan, get your two by four. Yokozuna, Big Show, Umanga, Big John Stud, you know, get Duggan, you know. So anyway, we're doing Saturday night main event, the uh, marquee uh, WWF show, you know. Yeah. And Andre stomps down to the middle of the ring, standing in the middle of the ring. He goes, I challenge anyone. Oh, yeah. They're like, Duggan, get your two by four. <laughs> You're gonna need it. <laughs> so, so I run down, you know, and I got my chin on Andre's belly, looking up at him. I'm like, I'm not afraid of you. <laughs> and Andre, he went to grab me uh, by the throat. That was the yeah. spot he was supposed to grab me by the throat. But when he did, his thumb hit me like this, oh. and knocked my lip off. My lip just falls, boom, falls down. Now Ooh. blood is just pouring down my chest. It's just pouring. Andre's got me by the throat and he's choking me. He's choking me. Now I'm Jeez. down on the ground. I feel around. Got the two by four. Wham! I hit the big giant between the eyes. He goes <laughs> down like a huge redwood tree. <laughs> WWF goes off the air. Me standing over Andre the Giant covered in blood. <laughs> and that popped me from a mid-card guy. Yeah. And if it's Andre didn't event. want to do that. It wasn't going to happen. It wasn't going to happen, brother. Yeah. Uh, I tell folks, I could have killed Andre the Giant, you know. <laughs> oh, seriously. Yeah. Yeah, he might have choked on my bones. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love it. I'd get on the airplane. I'd be next to a businessman. He'd be like, yeah, I had a rough day at the office. Yo, like, brother. brother. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> I just got done with a giant, and he still had villagers in his teeth from yeah. the night before, right? <laughs> Wherever you're listening to this podcast, make sure you're subscribed and leave us a five-star review. If you want to listen to this show ad-free, Head over to drinkswithjohnny.com and become a premium member. You'll get to enjoy unreleased clips from your favorite guests, discounts on merchandise in our shop, and access to our private Discord server where you can chat one-on-one with Johnny Christ himself. Awesome! So stay tuned, stay thirsty, and stay filthy as fuck. So then you, um, I, I've, I've been listening to this uh, podcast. Do you listen to podcasts at all? Not too much. Not too much? Okay. I've been listening to this podcast called 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff. And it kind of got me uh, going to the WAE network and uh, going back to the vault and rewatching a lot of that stuff. And uh, I, I stumbled upon when you came to WCW um, during the Monday Night Wars. Right. And there, you, come, you come in oh, and hacks out with the, with the American flag first. And then kind of shortly after, they, they kind of turn you heel and now you're waving a Canadian flag. Do you remember? Well, yeah, but I think when I first went down to WCW, I beat stunning Steve Austin so bad he had to shave his head and change his He's name. Still... <laughs> I tell you, I should get a kickback on this stone cold stuff. I should get a kickback on that. Yeah, I, there you go. And then I beat the hair right off the boy's head. <laughs> <laughs> but though, uh, then, yeah, we had a nice run down there. But business is business. Wrestling's a yeah. business. And I tell folks, these young kids want to be a wrestler. I said, chase your dreams, because who would have ever thought Daniel Bryan would have made it, right? You look mm-hmm. at the guy, not a chance in hell. But there's a guy who had the work ethic, the desire to make it. But I tell kids, this year, 1,500 NFL football players playing in the NFL. There's 500 NBA basketball players in the NBA. Yeah. There's 100 WWE wrestlers. And that's a lot these days. It's a television show. Yeah. It's more competitive than sports. Yeah. And it's not just kids from America. You got kids from Japan, Australia, Europe, everybody's come. It's an extremely competitive business. People go, it's all fake. I said, that has nothing to do with it being competitive. All of TV is fake. Yeah. Does that mean you try to walk on a TV show? Oh, it makes it's sense. Extreme. And then the people go, well, 
Oh, you guys are all good friends, aren't you? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're all good friends. It's a dog-eat-dog -dog business, brother. It is mm -hmm. one of those 100 spots. If I got it, you want it. That makes sense. You got to get it. Sure. It's <laughs> the way I feed my family, brother. Yeah. So what happened down in WCW, Bischoff and Russo come in, Russo mainly, and they wanted to push me out of my contract. They wanted to make me quit. Oh. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to quit. Not. So they made me the janitor of the WCW at first. I remember seeing and that. The janitor be like, I said, you give me my TV time. I'll, I'll get my it. stuff over. Yeah, there you uh, go. Just give me my time. Whatever, I'll get it over. So the janitor was working. Oh, yeah. So they fly me back up to Atlanta, big meeting in the CNN Center. And they're like, Duggan, we're going to turn, uh, we're going to turn you heel. I'm like, oh, Jesus, we're going to turn you against America. That's, that's like, a tough oh, sell. Oh, my God, I think where we're going to go with this, Iraq, Iran. They're like, and you're going to be part of Team Canada. <laughs> <laughs> and like, we got a lot of heat with the Canadians. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're a mean bunch up there. <laughs> yeah. Of course, the Major Guns was part of the team, so there was two good reasons to go over right Not there. Not a bad <laughs> reason to go, yeah, Major Two guns. good reasons. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> Well, depending uh, on how you look at it, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> we had, uh, yeah, so, yeah, I was, and so I ended up being with WCW when it, I went under because I was still on contract. Mm. And Jimmy uh, Jimmy Hart and I used to talk. It was like being on the Titanic. Oh. You know the ship's going down, yeah. but you want to hang on as long as you can. Well, some of those angles they were they were playing towards the end weren't making a whole lot of sense. Uh, <laughs> well, there's a lot of speculation about that, but, uh, yeah, I, uh Hard to argue against McMahon. There's a guy who took on Turner who had all the resources, all the assets of the Turner cable television and everything, and McMahon beat him. Yeah. Like or uh, dislike Vince McMahon, you got to appreciate the guy. And you enjoyed working with him then? Or, oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I talked to Vince not too long ago. I told him thank you. I'm 66 years old. I traveled the world with my wife for going to Alaska for two weeks in April after WrestleMania. Oh, that's fun. My, uh, wife's, from, my wife's from uh, Anchorage. I love uh Yeah, we're going Alaska. up for the Arctic Con in Anchorage, the, oh, the Comic cool. Con up there. And we're just going to stay up there and do a couple stand-ups. And because, not because of WCW, not because of Mid-South, not because of WWE, because of WWF. And mm. I just happen to be part of that group. Of course, I like to joke. I said, you know, WWF was my heyday where I wrestled Dusty, DiBiase, and Orton, but I also was on a talent contract for WWE, where I wrestled Dusty's kid, DiBiase's kid, and Orton's kid. <laughs> Said first I beat up the hell old the man, kid. then I beat up the kid. <laughs> hell of a hell of a run, man. <laughs> I did. That was something I was most proud of. Everybody else, my generation, was done, and I, they got me back in the ring. That's uh, so cool. Yeah, because the character works, you know. Yeah. And it's people say, you know, it's where's the, it's just an extension of my personality. Hacksaw's in here with me. Yeah. And that's why... And know, that's the, they, those are the rad characters too, right? It's just, it's just a little bit of you turned up, you know? Yeah, that's and that's, you know, I joke, I said, it wasn't going to be handsome Jimmy Duggan. You know, you got <laughs> to come up with I think that was a good one. Well, that could have been a good gimmick yeah, right there. Yeah, you haven't yeah. seen me show I gotta, you. I got to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> I got to ask about one thing that I, I heard hey, a knock brief it off. story. It was a family show, wasn't it? <laughs> I don't All know. Right, I tell it's you, the, big, the biggest fish I ever caught was about that big. Did you did you ever use the two by four as a measuring stick? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Depends which way you hold it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the answer to everything. Yeah, it's long and hard. I'll tell you that. Which nowadays is the big thing. <laughs> That's oh, I tell you what you need to watch, brother. If you have the network, is go back and watch Legend House. 
Okay. Where Piper's my roommate, man. Oh, I got to check oh, that out. We, they, they were expecting I'll, a I'll drama. I'll go check that out tonight, man. They, got a, they were expecting a drama. They got a comedy out of it. Beautiful. And the deal is, you know, Piper's my roommate. I get away with anything. I blame it on Piper. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody believe it. Oh, you know, Piper. Yeah, it was Piper, yeah, yeah. No one's going to believe the, 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 the American. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> and they took eight of us and they put us in a mansion in Palm Springs for five weeks. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, Tony. And, but <laughs> Excuse me. And Tony Atlas and I almost had a fist fight. I mean, we were this real close. One, huh? real, of course, I don't know how bad it'd be at 60 plus. Yeah. <laughs> but, but Tony's still pretty jacked, and we were both pissed. I was still drinking, obviously. It had to be a little yeah. longer than five years because Pipe was still alive. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's been a while ago. So there was one last thing I wanted to ask about. I heard briefly, but I didn't want to like go find my research. I just wanted to ask you, what happened with Harley Race and a chicken? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Harley almost went to jail. <laughs> we were at the Slammy Awards. Uh, we fought through the Trump Castle in Atlantic City. We fought through the lobby. We fought through the kitchen. We fought through the women's dressing room. And then we ended up in the, one of the rooms we fight through is this room full of animals. Yeah. They got llamas and donkeys and chickens and de geese and ducks and shit. So me and Harley, it's TV. We're pretty live, you know. We're whacking each other back and forth. Wham, wham, wham. In the middle of it. Harley reaches down, grabs a chicken by the head, and starts hitting me with a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> he killed the chicken. I, oh my God. Cut, shut everything down. Stop, stop, <laughs> stop. The chicken's dead. Oh my God, the chicken. The chicken's dead. I'm like, we're having churches for lunch. What the hell is that deal, man? Yeah, Harley got in a lot of heat for killing that oh, chicken. Oh, yeah, but... dude. Peter come right after no, you. No, no, they, yeah, you're kidding. They'll be in trouble. Well, at least you're making your amends now. You got you got chickens on your farm, and, you know, you're trying to keep them away yeah, from yeah, the foxes. Yeah, I do the best I can. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. I, I got to I gotta thank you. Nice talking Thanks, you, thanks yeah, for doing this. Yeah, I enjoyed this. it, yeah. Um, everybody go check out drinkswithjohnny.com. For more of Drinks with Johnny and everything else. Are you See sure you these time. cameras are working? Nope, probably not. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> well, that'll just about do it for this episode of Drinks with Johnny. Thanks to the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, and Hacksaw Jim Duggan for being on the show. And thank you for listening. As a reminder, I'm going to be going live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific time. So make sure you go over to our YouTube channel because that's where I'm going live at. Uh, we have a bunch of cool technology these days. And I've been lent some stuff to make sure that I can control it all myself and have our director, Brandon Lombardo, uh, do some remote control, uh, remote controlling and directing uh, via satellite. So that's going to be really cool and really fun thing that we are uh, implementing into the show. Um, it's going to start going live every once in a while with guests probably too. So you're going to want to make sure to hit the bell notifications button and follow us on Twitter uh, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook, follow us everywhere, um, and me, of course, at Johnny Christ Official. Anyways, I did promise at the end of this episode I was going to have a little treat for you. You guys heard we us critique and watch Hacksaw's music video, um, which you can see over on YouTube with a quick search. It's the Hacksaw Jim Duggan USA uh, music video, and you can head over to YouTube to see that. Um, but right here, 
I'm just going to give you the audio and <laughs> let it sit out there and let you guys hear this because uh, you couldn't really hear it that well um, in the in the shoot. Um, if you went over to our YouTube channel and watched this video, you probably missed the last uh, seven or eight minutes uh, due to technical difficulties. We lost some video, but we were able to keep all the audio uh, right here on the podcast. So if you're enjoying what you're listening to, make sure you hit the subscribe button, leave us a comment or a rating. We'd love to hear from you. And that'll do it for this week's episode of Drinks with Johnny. We'll see you next week with my next guests, Darby Allen and Priscilla Kelly. Uh, we're going to continue this wrestling theme for just one more week as we get right into WrestleMania, which is going on. Unfortunately, Roman Reigns will not be able to compete against Goldberg. I haven't heard who they're going to switch that out with. But, um, you know, either way, it'll be something fun for us to watch live. So uh, I know I'll be tuning in. I hope all of you will as well. Uh, Again, I have Darby Allen and Priscilla Kelly coming on the show next week. And we had a lot of fun with those guys. The whole crew they brought with us. Bunch of maniacs. We just had a blast. Uh, There's some fun, fun secrets to that episode. uh, So you're not going to want to miss it. That's next week. It'll be out Monday morning, as always. Um, So until next time, cheers.
Hi, this is Chad Nicefield. And this is Justin Press. We're the host of Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, a part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. We're inviting you to sail away with us on an epic journey in musical enlightenment. Every week, we bring you only the best artists in rock music and discuss everything from the cruise to the stage to the saga of being a professional recording artist. We'll have lots of special guests along the way, so tune in every week. Your stateroom is available every Monday morning, so welcome aboard. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles, The Wrath of the Buzzard, P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts.